Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert and I'll be your host. Today I'm going to talk about the show The Consultant with Christoph Waltz. It's on Amazon. I'm going to do some spoiler-free stuff at the beginning, but then I'll get a little more in-depth later on. So I'll clearly mark it. Um, if you are just kind of curious about the show but don't really want to watch it, then listen to the end. But if you've already seen it, you might like some of my thoughts and and ideas, and maybe they'll just correlate to yours. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to point out that some things have changed uh, as far as where to visit to get more information about what's going on. So if you would like to support the project and hear more stuff like this, please visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash societycasefiles. You can also get more information at societycasefiles.com and uh, just comment, participate, throw in a little bit, and uh, you can gain access to audio dramas, audiobooks, early release of the Malevolence comic, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to dive right in. The Consultant is an Amazon Prime TV show that came out in February of 2023. It's based on a book by Bentley Little that came out in September of 2016. The synopsis for the book makes it sound pretty different than the show. I have not read the book, to be fair, but this is what you get when you read the back. Compware is in serious trouble after a promised merger falls through. So they do what other businesses have done to bolster their public image. They hire a consulting firm to review and streamline their business practices. But there's something strange about the firm they hire, more specifically the quirky gentleman who arrives to supervise the project. Mr. Patoff, tall and thin and wearing a bow tie and with an odd smile that never re uh, quite reaches his eyes. In his first interactions, the consultant asks a few inappropriate questions and generally seems a nuisance. Over time, Patoff gains more power to the point where he seems to be running the whole company. He enacts arbitrary and invasive changes to office protocol he places cameras all over the building, making workers paranoid. He calls employees at all hours of the night, visits some of their homes, and menaces their families. Uh, people who defy the consultant get fired or worse. They soon realize they're not just fighting for their jobs, they're fighting for their lives. The consultant is a biting workplace satire with the horrific touches only Bentley Little could provide. Um, so some of that takes place in the show, and uh, some of it doesn't. So they definitely uh, seem to have just borrowed from the book to create the show. Um, <clears throat> the show's uh, synopsis is a lot more simplified than that, of course, because they don't want to give a spoiler. But basically, when you click on season one, you would read, After an unspeakable tragedy at Compware, a games studio based in downtown Los Angeles, a mysterious consultant, Regis Patoff, blows into town and takes charge. Now, I'm going to be very honest, and uh, I have to say that I probably wouldn't have even looked at the show had it not been for uh, Christoph Waltz. Uh, just seeing his picture in there got me curious enough to give it a try. And each episode is only 30 minutes, so it wasn't a big-time commitment to jump in and try it. Um one thing I've noticed with the shows that are a bit shorter like that, particularly when they still only have eight episodes, is that they tend to not be long enough to really fully realize the concepts they're trying to explore. 
And the consultant is no different in that respect. It does feel too short. There are a lot of things that they could have spent more time on, which I'll get to in a moment. But let's start with the pros of the consultant. Uh, Christoph Waltz is always absolutely awesome to watch. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in, and he's just super fun. And in this role, he is he's both creepy and charming in equal measures to the point where you really have to say he's he's just he was the perfect choice. I don't know what the book was like. I'm not sure how someone who read the book would feel about it. But just the way he played it makes it pretty clear that he was excited to do it. And and he brings so much to the table. Uh, the concept uh, was intriguing enough to keep me interested. Uh, just the idea that this guy comes in and sort of takes over and becomes invasive was very interesting. Uh, particularly since it's the gaming industry and uh, mobile gaming in this case. It was just uh, it was kind of fun to watch these uh, folks who basically work in an environment that was probably a lot more liberal before he comes along, having to deal with this more hardcore, old school ideology. Uh, the newer actors who I had not seen before were actually very engaging and I found them pretty charming. Um, at first I was concerned. I didn't think I'd really care because I've noticed that some of the actors that I've seen that are up and coming tend to be a little bit more technical and a little less charming, but these folks seem to have it all, which was really refreshing and Super awesome. Um, I expected it to get really chaotic. I had a sense when I first started watching it that it would have a needful things sort of vibe. It never really gets to that level. I mean, it it, it probably couldn't without completely destroying a whole lot of stuff. Uh, obviously, if you've seen needful things, you know what I'm talking about. It is complete and total chaos by the end of the story. Uh, some of the cons of the show are that several strange things that happened never really get explained enough to make sense. They happen. People sort of just accept them and move on. I kind of felt like they were fishing to see what people thought, but I'm not sure how they intended to take feedback since the whole thing came out at the same time. It's not like they could have made changes as they went along. So ultimately... Stuff happened, and then it just was kind of ignored. Uh, there's That leads me to there's just too many loose ends. There's so many loose ends that really needed some explanation to round out the story and make it feel complete. But because they didn't do that, the story just feels almost like an outline. Um, and again, another one. It comes, I guess all my cons are pretty much rooted in the same problem. The whole show is too short for the general changes the characters go through. Because by the end, the characters have grown and uh, changed their worldview and that sort of thing. But it didn't feel like enough time had passed. At one point in the show, I think I was supposed to believe that a whole week had passed, and they didn't really make that very clear. So it's kind of like, did a week pass? Did a week not pass? Has it been a day? Has it been three days? I don't know. Uh, many of the plot points were glossed over as a result of all the things I just mentioned. Stuff that you would have just loved to have known more about. Because it was interesting, it just, they they kind of let it go. So if you go by the synopsis of the book and you watch the show, you would be led to believe that it doesn't have a lot to do with it. I'm kind of tempted to read the book. Um, I'm not sure that I was that invested in the story to dedicate that much time to it. 
but it could be an interesting exploration. I'd like to get into some spoiler territory at this point because I think that it would help to get a little more in depth on some of the things that I saw that I was confused by or thought they should have done more with. So we're going to start doing some spoilers here uh, right about now. All right, so the concept of the consultant is that uh, we have this gaming company that is making mobile products for phones and stuff. They seem to be doing okay from the outside. The way that we get introduced to it is through a class of kids that are being brought through, and they're going to meet the founder of the company. Uh, He's a very young person. He came up with his first game when he was a kid himself, and so... Uh, The children go in to meet him and his assistant steps out and goes to talk to somebody else. And then we hear gunshots and one of the children has murdered the founder of the company. So at that point, uh, everything seems up in the air and most of the people think they're pretty much going to lose their jobs. In fact, they probably have because the mastermind behind it all is gone. And apparently he had investors, but This is kind of one of the plot points that they don't really work on enough to make sense. Uh, It's not a huge company, but yet there's quite a few people working remote and there's a bunch of people working in the office and they have a pretty cool office. So it's kind of hard to tell how they're doing and how they've made this company. Uh, They do frequently refer to him as a, a CEO, basically. But that's not really an accurate title based on their their structure. I didn't get the sense that they were a public company, but but whatever, that doesn't really matter when it comes to the story itself. It just would have helped us understand where Compware <laughs> is in their journey as a company. Uh, I would have liked that information. There's a lot of things that I would have just liked, but they weren't necessary. So after the founder dies, one of the characters who's the senior developer He shows up at the office late at night and he encounters uh, the assistant who led the children through. And she's taking cameras out of various parts of the building, which is an interesting point since it's Patoff that does all the cameras in the book. But apparently in the show, the founder was concerned about some sort of lawsuit. So he put cameras up to see who was stealing something. Uh, Just it was almost done as more of a joke than anything else. So... This is the time that we finally meet Christoph Waltz's character, Regis Patoff. And uh, he's just kind of turned up in the middle of the night, and they're like, what are you doing here? He basically is there to start early because he's going to be in charge now. And they have a hard time because he can't get up the stairs without assistance for some reason. Like, he's terrified of stairs. It's an interesting plot point. I thought it was just a cool quirk. Turns out there was actually good reason for it. And many of the things in this show actually do have good reasons. They're just, they don't really explain them further. So it's sort of the um, the Russian doll thing where we do take off one layer and we're like, oh, cool, that's a great explanation. But why did that happen? And they're like, no, 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 we don't have any more layers. So anyway, after they sort of get him established, we get into these weird moments where he is obviously odd. This is the point in the story where they kind of, whether they meant to or not, draw some parallels with Elon Musk and Twitter. 
he gathers everybody together to address them. And on this big wall, they've got all these screens and different people who are working remote are up there. And so he basically tells everybody, you know, I'm glad to be here. And we're very sorry about the guy who died. And, uh, oh, all of you people who work remote, you have exactly one hour to get to the office or your contracts will be terminated. And that's it. And he walks away. So all these people logging off, you can see them in the background. They're like hitting stuff on their computers and they're trying to flee to get to work. And people are like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty mercenary. And he does have this sense of hardcore work ethic, much like we heard about Twitter and these people having to sleep at the office or working grueling hours or whatever the case. Now, that becomes more obvious in the consultant as we go along. But uh, he actually does fire one of the remote workers because this lady shows up. She's disabled. She's in a wheelchair and she doesn't quite make it. He locks the door. She's done. And so at that point, you're kind of like, okay. So you don't really care how you're perceived and you're just going to be cutthroat. So we get that sense early on that this guy is just like, if I said it, that's just the way and there's no real compromising. So it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of allusion to the idea that he might be the devil. Just, just small things here and there. But I personally don't think that that is the case in the show. I mean, I don't know exactly what he is by the time I finished, but I can tell you that I don't think he was the devil because honestly, by the end of the show, the uh, compware is doing much better than it was prior to him showing up, which is why I think he's something else entirely. I think he is just the embodiment of like business or something. There's some allusions to the idea that he is just a creation that creates efficiency no matter the cost. Now, he does push some people to do things that are beyond reprehensible, uh, and he does make them sort of challenge themselves to the point where they betray themselves to do things. But ultimately, I think the company came out better, uh, despite the fact that he has caused some of the people tremendous trauma. Uh, just some of the points that struck me as odd... Um, there's a moment where Patov smells something and it's offensive to him. He's going through and he's actually introducing himself to different people and smelling them. One of them in particular finally finds the foul odor and he's going to fire the guy. So some people talk him out of it, even though I know I just said that he's pretty much hardcore, but he's like, look, okay, fine. You want to keep him. If he, I smell him again, he's fired and you're fired too. I think that in that particular case, he was giving the person the chance to basically take responsibility for something, which is really, I know it sounds crazy because this character sounds like a complete nut job, but I really do think he was in this really insane way, pushing people to take new roles without them even realizing it. He's like the uh, hell version of a mentor that instead of doing it through like finding your strengths and helping you build those to overcome your weaknesses. He's finding your weaknesses and he's shoving them in your face until you address them. Anyway, this poor guy who smells bad, apparently for some reason, he decides that the way to keep his job is to go into his office and give himself a sponge bath. I'm not entirely sure why he didn't say, Hey, I'll be back in 20 minutes and run to the gym and take a shower. 
I'm not sure why he had to strip naked and, and act like he was being humiliated when he was doing it behind closed doors and with all the shades closed. But it was just a strange moment that seemed pretty much tacked on just for the shock of it. And there's a few moments like that throughout the show that you're like, was that entirely necessary? It wasn't offensive by any means. It's just kind of like, why? Why do that? Uh, this happens several times where you don't really get even an explanation. I mean, yes, he had to get cleaned up immediately or he was going to lose his job. But I don't think that it was so immediate that he had to, like, grab a bucket and take care of himself in, in a room by himself in, in an office. I mean, he's anyway, the, the practical side of me just hated that part. Um, other small things that lead to big things. So Patoff is constantly challenging the people around him. Particularly, he has a character who was the assistant of the main uh, owner of, of the company who has given herself an upgraded title. I'm pretty sure Patoff knew that. And so he thought, well, she's got the ambition to, to fib that way. What, what more can we get her to do? And as he continually challenges her, she continues to rise to the occasion and overcome the obstacles that he asks her to do, which does end up paying off for her in a major way. Whereas the senior developer guy, on the other hand, the way he challenges him, I'm not even entirely sure what he was hoping to achieve with that character. I, I struggle to understand the purpose of some of the things he does to him. For example, he finds out the guy's going to go out and have some drinks after work and sort of invites himself along. So Patoff and this guy go out to a bar and they're sitting there and they're just having a drink and Patoff's looking around and he seems a little odd, more odd than normal. He's, he's sizing people up in the bar and dude's like, what are you doing? He says, you know, I'm wondering how many of these people we could take in a fight. <laughs> and the guy's like, what are you even talking about? And this leads to him confessing that, yes, at one time he thought he was invincible and he got into a bar fight and the guy knocked him out so bad that he had to have his wa jaw wired shut. So obviously he has had some experiences and they've taught him a lesson, you know, don't just get into fights, I guess. Um, Padoff is like, you know, my brain, it's always working for puzzles and I think we could take this many. And it's 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 funny, but at the same time, it's kind of disturbing because he seemed to be trying to draw out whether or not this guy was impulsive enough to be like, well, let's try it. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure of his motivation other than sort of trying to put the guy off his guard. So as they finish there, he says, you know what? I'm going to take you for a drink. You were kind enough to bring me to your place. I'm taking you out. He's like, okay, that's, that's cool, I guess. So they get to this place and they have to ride an elevator up. And it seems like it's a really nice building and they get off on the floor and this person comes out and says, hey, you know, you guys have a dress code. So uh, the developer guy who's dressed, you know, like you would if you worked at a computer company, you know, he's wearing some jeans. He's pretty casual. Uh, he has to put on this this nice suit. And then there's this gorgeous lady at the door who's basically um, the host of the place. And uh, they get to go into this like ultra vampire style bar from blade or something where there's all these fabulous people. And some of them have some Hellraiser qualities to them because 
they they have like deformities and things that that don't seem entirely possible to have happened through some natural accident. Like maybe some of these things happened on purpose. Um, he goes to order a drink and the person just tells him to order a color. It's that kind of crazy stuff going on. And he starts sort of flirting with this girl who looks like she has cut her mouth symmetrically on both sides so that like there's these cuts that go from her mouth up towards her ears. She's also a double amputee, but she's very interesting. So he goes and talks to her and then uh, Patoff comes and he talks to them and they, they, they have this interesting conversation about um, the main, this character's faith and, and how he's changing his life so that he can marry someone. He's basically going to become a Catholic. And so they sort of hang out. He has a couple of drinks and then Patoff says, hey, I've got to leave you here for a short period of time. I have to run an errand. But if you wait here, I'll be back for you. And he's like, well, I can help. Right. He, he decides to assist Patoff because he's still trying to sort of smooth his boss a little. He's also had a little bit of success at work thanks to his boss. So it seems like the right thing to do. So the two of them go off and they get in their car. They've got a, a big ass Humvee. And some people throw a body in the back and the person starts struggling. They're basically like wrapped up in a in some kind of cloth and tied up. Well, of course, our developer character just loses his mind. He's freaking out. He's like, what is even happening? What are we doing? And they start driving away. And Patoff is like, I've uh, that's the person who killed the founder of your company. Well, I mean, that was a child. He was like 11 years old. And he's like, you kidnapped a child? What are you doing? It wasn't his fault. You know, they they they're pretty much got him in a they had him in a clinic. They were trying to help him. And this is where he sort of pushed to see what sort of loyalty he has to the legacy of the company, though, in reality, that's probably not the case. I think Patoff just wanted to see if he was a cutthroat maniac who would be willing to do whatever he had to do to get ahead in his company. Well, ultimately, it's shown that he does not have it in him to do anything to get ahead. And when Patoff comes back after he's re released the woman, he basically comes clean and is like, yeah, that woman has a drug addiction and we we're going to get her to a rehab clinic. And now she's roaming around looking for drugs. Good job. And uh, so the guy's like, well, you know, you could have told me that. And what I'd like to know is what were they going to do if the character had not freed her? What if he was like, right on, let's kill this kid for murdering my boss. I don't know. Why not? What was going to happen? See, my problem with this kind of dilemma is that there doesn't really seem to be an end game. So unless the character just literally knew that the developer was going to free her, he just knew it. So that's why he gave them a moment alone. What was his end game if he was wrong? And can the character be wrong? Because ultimately this character doesn't really seem to make mistakes. He comes in. He does exactly what he says he's going to do, and then he leaves, and he's done it many times. When he actually sells his services to uh, Compware, he makes it clear that he'd already seen three clients that day. So did he put that developer character in a position where he was going to fail no matter what and see something in himself? Was that the point? I don't really know the point. 
kind of want to lean towards it was just sensational for the sake of being sensational. It was crazy just to be crazy, just to show Padoff is completely unhinged or at least attempt to. Or maybe it was there to show us that that character, the developer character, was someone who had some morality and that he would not do literally anything to get ahead. Even though he he seemed like he might have it in him, he didn't. And so he, uh, you know, goes home and basically that's it. Now, this is where part of the show gets really strange is that people experience batshit crazy stuff and then they don't tell anyone about it and they just sort of bottle it up. There's even two characters that are basically allies, the developer and the, the assistant character, and they've had a friendship and even a relationship and they're sort of in this together. And yet they don't really confide in each other when crazy stuff happens. Great example is the crazy vampire bar. The uh, developer goes back to get his clothes and he finds them in the room. He left them, which was interesting. And then he decides, I want to, I want to see what that bar looks like. So he goes over and he opens the door and it's a total Spanish prisoner moment where he comes in and it's a, and it's an office. It's a cube farm. There's like cubicles everywhere and, and it's like messy and it's been used that way for months, maybe years and no bar, no gorgeous windows, no crazy tables, no DJ booth, nothing. Just this cube farm. It looks like it could be for anything, a marketing firm, who knows? And there's no explanation. There's no revisit. There's no asking, hey, where did we go last night? I went back and it was this place. Nothing. They never revisit it. And so it's this big reveal. And you have to wonder, well, what was happening? Did he hallucinate that? Obviously, some of it was real because the double amputee ended up in the back of their car. I don't know because they didn't bother to to check it again. And so quite a bit of the consultant feels a little bit overly sensational just for the sake of being sensational. Uh, that is one of many moments throughout the, the story that you're just like, oh, okay, I guess. Why not? You know, you just have to accept it. So back to the idea that Padoff is the devil or is not. So Padoff is not a real person. We discover that about halfway through when the developer character pursues a lead and discovers that a number of doctors commissioned a goldsmith to basically build a skeleton. And he got a lot of money for it, but it pretty much cost him everything, um, his wife and all kinds of other stuff. But whatever the case, he builds this skeleton to perfect dimension. And then I guess these people took it and made Patoff. So that's why Patoff can't go upstairs because he's very heavy. And every time he takes a step on the stairs, it actually kind of makes this crunchy sound. Um, so technically speaking, inside of him, he is solid gold. And I guess that we can infer that that means that when he goes into a business or a company to aid them with their work, because he is solid gold, he brings some sort of business acumen. Maybe he's like a golem or something. Who knows? They don't explain it. You can infer all kinds of things. But I don't think he has any sort of devilry because by the end, Compware is doing better than it was before and the other characters have either risen to the challenge to do what they're supposed to do or moved on. And we get some evidence of this 
through some of his past glories when they look up some of the other companies he's worked with and they see that they've done better. Now, they try to make those seem a little bit insidious, but I don't know. It's it's hard to really dig too deep. I think that a lot of the show was designed just to make you go, oh, yep, there it is. There's the silver bullet, only to have it be a red herring. Ultimately, I really did enjoy watching The Consultants, but I think that it was mainly to see what craziness Christoph Waltz would do next. What would he say? What would he agree to? How is he going to treat his employees next? You know, what kind of insane thing is he going to say that is going to just baffle the people around him? A great example is this woman brings him two bags of lunch and she's like, wow, you must be really hungry. He's like, yeah, go away. So another person comes in and he asks them the question, hey, have you eaten lunch yet? And it's like so perfectly natural. It. I have said this dozens of times when I worked in that environment in, in a position of managerial authority. I've asked the person if they were hungry and if they were, obviously, I, I provided them with one of the lunches. In this case, he's like, oh, well, this isn't for you. And then they go on with their meeting and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, why? But it's just that kind of just total turning the situations that you've been in on their ear over and over again that makes it interesting. I'm not entirely sure how awesome it would be to watch this if you hadn't been in that environment, if you hadn't worked in that kind of environment. It might be a little bit more like, what is even happening? I don't even get this. Um, but if you have worked in an IT department or for a major corporation and had a crazy change up like this, then I think you'd have a lot of fun just watching the the sheer insanity. Ultimately, I would say that The Consultant is not the best show. There's just way too much left open. There are way too many moments where you have to ask questions that there are no answers to, so you have to make them up. And as you make up your answers, the information you're basing them on tends to not really be solid enough to be satisfying. And I like these to be a little bit more satisfying. I prefer some more background. Um, I would have liked to just understand the situation the company was in better. I would have liked to know why certain people didn't just quit their job and move on. They constantly say that the market is cool, but I mean, some of these people are like pretty high end at what they do and they shouldn't have really had too much trouble finding something somewhere. I guess maybe they just didn't want to leave LA. I don't know. Again, this is where you start to have to speculate into realms that don't make sense because they don't really paint enough of a picture of the world for you to know that, yeah, what they're saying is true and they're not just lazy and don't want to go look for another job. Particularly when Patoff starts to get completely insane and be a total maniac, there's almost no reason <laughs> why you'd want to stay or why you would stay for that matter. It's like, just go anywhere else at that point. Go and get a contract job or something. But whatever the case, this show really relied on Christoph Waltz to be fascinating and interesting. He is in everything. Uh, he had a good supporting cast. Uh, maybe maybe it would be fair to say that they were the stars and he was more of a support role, to be honest. I think they all did a great job. I don't think the acting was the problem here. I do think that the problems were the show's 
episodes individually were too short. The season itself was too short. They needed more information. They kind of rushed the end. It's uh, it's a little bit ridiculous how they, they conclude the story. And all around, while it's not a major time commitment, unless you are a massive Christoph Waltz fan or you don't mind spending the four hours to enjoy some satire or you've worked in that industry and you'll, you'd probably enjoy it, I would have to say that I don't recommend it. I would think that if you were very excited about it, you probably have already seen it. And if you'd read the book just from reading the synopsis, to be fair again, I don't know how happy you would be. It depends on how much you need your uh, your shows and movies to be like the book. But I mean, it wasn't written long enough ago to where a lot of it would be different. You know, it's not like a book written in the 80s and then it has to be dramatically moder- uh, modernized to uh, fit into 2023. This was <laughs> not that long ago. So I think that most of what uh, Bentley wrote about was probably able to be put into the show. Why they made the changes they did, who knows? You know, it's like you could ask the same question about the Mayfair Witches show. Why did they just decide to go completely nuts and change the story the way they did? Who knows? You know, other than the fact that they wanted to tell us that the uh, spirit of the story was present. Uh, I'm not entirely sure they know what that meant. Now, was the spirit of the book in the consultants? I don't know. I didn't read any reviews that uh, really talked about the book, just some negative reviews about the story itself and some people saying how unrealistic the work environment was. I mean, I've worked in that environment. I didn't see anything that was too crazy other than some of the stuff that Patoff did that would have probably brought lawsuits, uh, a lot of lawsuits, actually. Um, I think that uh, Compware would have been facing a number of legal complaints, (laughs) based on how their employees were treated and some of the practices that they employed. But maybe if they ever did a season two, they'd explore that kind of doubt it because there's a little bit too much fantasy going on in the story. So in any event, if you have seen the consultants, what were things about it that uh, made you question whether or not it was good? Are there any parts that you particularly loved? Are there things you hated? Did you think it was even necessary to make the show? If you have a comment that you'd like me to address, you can contact us through the website. Again, it's www.societycasefiles.com or you can hit us up on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash societycasefiles. I want to thank you very much for listening to the show today and I hope you had a good time. If you like this, you want to hear more, be sure to visit those sites and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.